to Grassroot Diplomat Talks, the podcast series produced by Grassroot Diplomat, where diplomacy starts with you. I'm Carleen Barnett Figueroa, CEO of Grassroot Diplomat, and I will be your host. Today I am joined by Dr. Paul Clark, who is our acting chair for Grassroot Diplomat, as well as a former government minister. Paul, welcome back. Thank you. We can't have enough of you. You're too kind. <laughs> What would be really interesting for our listeners today is this concept of good. So how do you be good at diplomacy? What does that even mean? I mean, it's such a speculative question. It has no right answer, but hopefully we can point people in the right direction. No, there isn't any right answer, and it will be down to individuals how they do it. Let's first of all just make clear. Usually if you say to people about diplomats, they immediately think of the big limousines, cars driving in and cavalcades and so on. So invariably people think of the receptions, uh, the wine drinking and all right, a bit of work's done perhaps over dinner. And the old boys network, I suppose, I mean, it's what often comes to the mind of people. It is not all that by any means. And a lot of hard work goes on. And actually, just thinking about it, if you think about the meeting that took place with North Korea and President Trump, whatever you might think of the individual players there, actually that took a lot of diplomacy that went on behind the scenes by diplomats and their people that support them to actually get that ever off the ground. And indeed, coming closer to home, people will have heard in the UK the British Prime Minister, Theresa May, is saying about how she's been meeting diplomats over the course of the last, well, last two years, really, to follow through on Brexit and and the UK leaving the European Union. So a lot of work does go on. But one of the things that diplomacy is about is about dealing with people in a sensitive and tactful way. So that's whether you are dealing with people on an international stage or whether you're dealing with people in your local workplace. And that is fundamentally important, particularly public servants who are diplomats need to remember they're there by appointment by the government of the day, but they also need to remember that actually they're there to represent the people of their country as well and need to understand what is going on at home and how they're trying to represent that abroad. But always clearly they need to understand the people and the arena in which they're operating. So you need to understand their counterparts in the given country that they're operating in and what those people are facing with the demands from their own government. So it is a very complex picture, but people do need to remember the grassroots level of diplomacy. I've had a lot of interactions with diplomats over my time with grassroots diplomat, and it does seem like you need a little bit of a reality check on what diplomats are doing and what they should be doing. So for example, being in London, public transportation is the way for ordinary citizens to travel. However, many diplomats stay very close to Mayfair, Knightsbridge, very prestigious locations in London. They do not travel by public transport. They travel by their own chauffeurs. And they're not really getting a sense of what it's like to A, be a Londoner, B, be a working member of the British society and see what it's actually like to live in the UK. And I think that's that's a fundamental flaw in how many modern day diplomats are operating 
operating, particularly in, in capitals. Um, so how can we ensure that they, they integrate a little bit better in the local environment that they're working in? And because they're really far removed at the moment. I mean, obviously, diplomats invariably will be located in the capital cities. That's where the parliaments and the levers of, of power within that given country are where they need to. Of course, that doesn't stop them getting to and from work by using, as you say, modes of transport which are readily available in many capital cities, London you've picked on, but also getting it out of, as we call it here, the London-centric part. I mean, people in Birmingham and Manchester and Liverpool and that, and certainly Glasgow and Cardiff and so on, would tell you, you know, there is a world outside of of London. Uh, And they're absolutely right. And they should use, you know, the railway lines and so on, as other people uh, use them day and day, to actually imbibe themselves in the culture and understanding of society, of the country that they're actually living in. And invariably, they're here for three, four-year terms. I mean, so there's time to do that. I think that's an essential part of understanding when you are sitting opposite the uh, foreign secretary of the UK because you are the ambassador, whatever, you need to understand actually what's going on for the foreign secretary of the UK around the country and what that means and the issues that he or she is facing. It's important to get out and about, use your eyes, use your eyes and actually see, rather than just relying on information that you are fed by very capable people. There's nothing wrong with I mean, the civil service here in the UK is excellent but also use your own eyes get out there and find out for yourself because you learn more when you experience it yourself absolutely you're able to feel it you actually sense it far more and i think the feeling is exactly what we're trying to accomplish at grassa diplomat especially with a lot of the training and consultancy that we provide when you were minister how did diplomats treat you from other countries did they put you up on a pedestal and was the relationship between yourself and and other diplomats whether they're ambassadors or not was it different or was it at equal level all diplomats, whoever they are, in from whichever country, invariably will treat an elected minister, uh, I say with the respect, that their position deserves. I mean, I do actually genuinely believe whoever you are, you have to work and earn respect. It doesn't just come naturally. I mean, I have to say, even today, you know, I haven't been a minister for eight years, but having been a minister, people still do see you in a different light. I know they do. You know, it just comes across. They do see you in a different light that is higher up, which I always find difficult to deal with. I I find it odd because at the end of the day, I'm still Paul Clark, who was uh, a student who started out in the Labour Party all those years ago. I might have one, two more aches and pains than uh, (laughs) I did when I was 16, 15. I'm still the same person, you know, and uh, regardless of what positions I've held. Mm -hmm. We talked about what good diplomacy looks like. What does bad diplomacy look like, other than war? (laughs) Well, we won't go down that line, but I'm just thinking, what's bad? Look, a bad diplomat, I believe, is someone who really does not listen. I've actually seen it happen with ministers as well. You obviously invariably, if you go into meetings and so on and discussions, you have a script, you know, which has been provided and worked out from your angle. And I've seen ministers and diplomats stick to that regardless of what is said by other participants to that discussion. And it almost sometimes it can be excruciatingly embarrassing because they don't deviate from the script. They don't deviate from the script at all. Not even to acknowledge that actually, you know, you've just said to me something that is 
totally opposite. You don't even sort of say, well, I acknowledge what you say, but da, 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 no, just stick to the script regardless of what's been said. And that's bad. That's bad diplomacy and that's bad engagement and that's bad minister, uh, diplomat in discussion. You need to, the person that you're engaging with feel that you are at least listening. Goodness, if we all agreed with each other, it'd be a boring, boring mm-hmm. place to live, wouldn't it? But you need to, to show that you do appreciate that someone else might have a different view or a different angle or looking for something else. And this is why you need to have understood where they might be coming from and what pressures are upon them to try and get that, especially when we're talking at sort of government international levels and so on. We can all point to bad things that, you know, where people try and use their position to bend the rules and I mean I know that some of particularly listeners in the UK for example go all these diplomatic parking fines that they never pay because they think they can park everywhere well that's not good diplomacy no no Paul thank you so much that was very enlightening in terms of your interpretation of what good and bad diplomacy is Uh, one of the things that we do try to do at Grassroot Diplomat is ensure that diplomats are better engaging with the local community that they're uh, working with is and not just with government ministers and the government that they're supposed to influence but also respecting the difference of cultures the different types of people and nationals that are living in that country and I think when we're looking at how our world looks like now we're all from different places from different cultures from we all have various identities not just one identity and there's a lot of second third even fourth fifth migration of immigrants who have integrated into that society but may still not feel as though they belong to that country because of their differences so one of the work that we're trying to do is ensure that ambassadors and diplomats have a better feel for that and how to engage with such differences at a very local level and not forget that just because a citizen from your country didn't originate from that doesn't necessarily mean that they do not belong to your country. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you're, you're, you know, we are very fortunate here. We have a multicultural community throughout the length and breadth of the UK, not just within the cities, but you know, everywhere. And I think you're absolutely right that diplomats need to understand the communities. If you are the representative of a country from a country outside of the UK, and you're based here in London, clearly there will be some of your community living here. Really the engagement and understanding and needing to take those people with you and understand that community now living, whilst they've come from your country maybe, or originated from your country, they're actually now living in another country. And understanding that deeply and closely is part and parcel that's necessary. And and you know, that is at grassroots level. You know, whether you know whether the community be in Leicester or Cardiff or wherever in not just in London. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And you're coming back, can't you? Oh, yes, I'm coming back. I uh, always enjoy uh, our discussions. Hopefully the listeners do as well. Great. (laughs) Thank you so much. You have been listening to Grassroots Diplomat Talks. Join us again next month to discuss the practices of diplomacy and I hope you will consider joining our organisation. Add your comments to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash grassroots diplomat as well as Twitter and Instagram. Our social media handle is at GRDiplomat. For further information, please visit www.grasswooddiplomat.org.
I am Tarleen and we look forward to hearing from you.